0: Well isn't that awesome just to be reminded of what Christ has done for us and just have something physical you know that we can get into and do uh, like the communion. Now today we're going to talk about spiritual warfare and I do believe that if, as you listen to this message and during the week meditate upon this message and I'm, I'm going to share some practical things that you can, you, that you can do that will help you and have your mind renewed. Um, you know, in what Christ has done for you. Now, the renewal of the mind <clears throat> is not something that we try to do on a daily basis. The renewal of the mind is accepting the new mindset that God has placed there. You know, uh, when the Bible talked about the um, having the mind renewed in Romans chapter twelve, what actually happened there is that the um, <clears throat> there was a new mindset made available for man. There was the mindset of the law, and now there was the mindset of um, the, the, the mindset of grace, the mindset of what Christ has done for us. So everything He has been um, made available for us in Christ. And now, when we see the man, as I said in the communion part of this, seated at the right hand of the Father, that is the new mindset. That is the renewal of the mind. That's how our mind is renewed so um, in this message on uh, spiritual warfare I'm sure you will experience a lot of spiritual and emotional uh, stability coming your way as we accept the new mind that Christ has given us at the end of the day we don't try to renew our mind every day we receive the mind of Christ hallelujah so let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 Ephesians chapter 6 and um, we're going to look at verse 11, or oh, from verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, as as we look at those verses, and I'm only going to explain those verses uh, to you today, and then next Sunday we're going to get into the rest of the armor of God, and then we will spend a whole Sunday just on the sword of the Spirit and what that really is. Right, Uh, we're looking at verse 11. It says here, Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles, and and let us just go into the Greek there and uh, and have a look at that. That word wiles, uh, That was the wrong one. Here it is. That word wiles is, Put on... uh, here is the word wiles. Let me show you guys what it means. Uh, methodia. You can also compare it to the word method. Okay, that you stand, can stand against the method of the devil. It says, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the method of the devil. Okay, so he talks about a certain method that uh, uh, that is that is actually the problem and and the satan has got a certain method now um, if we look at verse 10 it says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might now this verse here just looks insignificant it looks like just something we quickly read and then we get to the wiles of the devil and all those kind of things so when we look at the lord here and we look at the word wiles here, which we'll get into later, uh, more into this, we will see that, um, you know, they, they're actually connected in a certain way because the Lordship of Christ has got a certain method and then Satan has got a certain method. Um, so when we look at the method of the Lord, we say, be strong in the Lord. What does strong in the Lord mean? Um Let me just find that verse for you here. Strong. The word strong means to be empowered by. To be empowered by. So what what Paul is actually saying, he says, be empowered by the Lord and the power of His might. That word power there uh, means in the Greek mighty deed. And then the word might means strength. So what he's actually saying is he says, Be ye strengthened. He doesn't say make yourselves strong. He says, be strengthened in the Lord and in the power or the mighty deed of His strength. So Jesus Christ has got a mighty deed. God has got a mighty deed that He brought forth by His strength and the Lordship of Christ, I mean the Lordship of Christ and the mighty deed that He brought forth is what is supposed to strengthen you. Now, how are we strengthened um, by the Lord? I mean, we all want to be strengthened by the Lord, but how are we strengthened by the Lord? Number one, you need to know what Lord means. Um, Since we understand that the Bible talks about having a heart or, or living from the heart, living from the belief, it's very important to know that what we believe about God and what we know about God, what we would believe about the name or the word Lord is very important for us. And, uh, you know, I remember when I just received Jesus, I was excited and, and I, um, you know, I, I found life in me and all those kind of things. And which was very good, but it was without understanding. But as understanding came, I found that my relationship with the Lord deepened and strengthened and was and grow, was growing, um, and I found that my relationship with people was strengthened because I could understand how these things work. So, when you, when I, when Paul says, Be strengthened in the Lord, we need to say, Lord, you know, I, I, I know the Bible says be strengthened, but how? And this is practically what I do. First of all, my understanding of Lord. Um, I've got this understanding of Lord. Firstly, the word Lord to me means servant or to serve. Jesus said that He is the Lord of all and He did not come to be served but to serve. And if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, then you must be the servant. And Jesus Christ is the greatest in the kingdom of God. He's the greatest human being you could ever find. And He became the servant of us all. And He served us with His life. He served us with His righteousness as a free gift. He served us with His holiness as a free gift. He served us with a brand new word. Like I wrote, or like I read uh, according to Ezekiel 36. What it says in Ezekiel there, it says, I will uh, sprinkle you with clean water. What water? It talks about the water of the word. Ye will have a clean word. What is the clean word? It's the word of how righteous you are. It's the word of how perfect you are. In Jesus Christ he is the clean word and he will sprinkle that word all over you and wash you so when I hear the word Lord then I say you know what it means to me is um, it means to me he's the one that came to serve me he came to speak over me uh, what Lord also means and uh, you you can go and study this out in Romans chapter 10 where the Bible says when you call on the name of the Lord you shall be saved The word calling on the name of the Lord there actually means to be willing to be surnamed with the surname of God. Uh, What surname means family name. To be willing to take the family name of God onto yourself. Now, when you look at Romans 10, you will see that Paul uses warfare as an analogy to explain what actually happened in Jesus Christ. And he uses a piece in the Bible where it says how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel of good news. Now for those of you that don't know this um, that was taken from the way people would look at the runner that would bring the message from the battlefield to the nation. And normally they would come over a mountain range and as they come running over the mountain to the people or to Israel then you could see by the way he runs. If it is good news or bad news. So there was a battle. There was a war. And maybe is, uh, Israel was uh, enslaved to somebody or somebody wanted to take rulership over Israel. And then would, there would be a battle. And in this battle, if the king of Israel won the battle, then what, what the message would be, the message would be, our king is Lord. And when you call upon the name, when you say, I stand with this lordship, I say that the name of the king is now on me. I am his, um, What's shall I this? Do you know in English? Uh, well, uh, I'm his servant. If you want to use the word servant. I'm in his kingdom now. So, when the Lord, uh, w- when Jesus conquered death, you know, when he conquered sin, when he conquered the legalistic system, when he brought redemption for mankind from what man fell in through Adam, you know, he ruled. And now we can say our king is Lord. And what you say by that is you say that the victory that the resurrected Christ attained in um, being raised from the dead, meaning he conquered death in, uh, to this point that he possesses immortality, that he is the immortal kind, he's the perfect holy kind, he's the perfect righteous kind, he is uh, uh, fully the God kind, he's co-seated with God, and now since he is my king and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, I say that he represents me for he is my king and what is true with him is true for me. So I take his name and everything that he stands for, on me. I'm part of that kingdom. So when we say that when, when we become strong in the Lord, it's not when you decide to serve Jesus. That is not becoming, becoming strong in the Lord. Becoming strong in the Lord is being strong or established in what Lord actually means. Be, being strong in how He serves you. Being strong in what is done for you. Now that is now, now, how I do that practically is this way. I would go, um, I like to go maybe in the, uh, 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 in the evening or when I'm alone at home, just go, go to my bedroom, lie down on the bed, close my eyes, and just say, Lord, Lord Jesus, You are my Lord. So, You serve me, and You serve me with the washing of the Word. So, thank You, Holy Spirit, that You remind me now of everything that Jesus says about me and then I would pray a little bit in tongues and I would just close my eyes and be there and the Holy Spirit would start to remind me of all the good things that God says about me and I would start to meditate and think upon, upon Jesus as the word of God about my life I would see Jesus where he is seated at the right hand of the Father as the message about me that washes me. And I would see him washing my feet for me um, with that word. That is what I'll do. And then it strengthens my heart. It strengthens my belief. It strengthens my understanding. That's how I become strong in the Lord. Becoming strong in the Lord is not deciding to go on a mission trip or deciding to uh, give money to some preacher or that is not what strong in the Lord means to be strong in the Lord means to have what he has done strengthen you you know um, and bring life to you Let me just hear is the sound okay okay um, strengthen you and bring bring life to you uh, by by seeing what he's done for you by what he says over you Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, the word power there means mighty deed. What is the mighty deed that God has accomplished in Christ uh, through His strength? This is the mighty deed. God possesses the ability to take a sinner and make him the righteousness of God. The mighty deed He accomplished was to undo everything that Adam did in one act of love. When he became a human, incarnated himself into mankind, when he died, he died all of your sin away. He died all of your disqualification away. He died all of your distance between you and God away. He was raised on your behalf. We were co-raised with him unto a new and living hope. That's what the Bible says in Peter. That's what Peter writes to us. So when we see this mighty deed that he could undo what Adam did and bring all of mankind to the place where we can now believe and through faith have salvation, you know, we see that is a mighty deed. I want to just say this quickly. Um, it was a, there was a discussion on this on one of our pages. Dynamic Love Ministries, we are not into universalism. We're not a universalism page. We're not a universalism ministry. We don't believe, you know, that um, because Jesus died and was raised, everybody shall be saved, even if they believe or if they don't believe. We we don't believe that. We we don't believe that everybody is born again. We believe that you need a, this is what I believe, you need to believe in Jesus. And when you believe this truth, you find that it enters your heart. Because nothing can enter the human heart outside of a human being being persuaded of it and then uh, um, having that word enter his heart through hearing it. Um, that hearing can be by preaching, that hearing can be by God giving you a dream, giving you feelings in your heart. Uh, there are many ways in which you can hear this. But at the end of the day, you have to come to the place where you say, Man, I call on the name of the Lord. What that means is, I take the family name upon me, the name of the king. I can see that I belong to this. I can see that Jesus was not just the king of the Jews, but he was the king of all people. He was the, I mean, is God only God of the Jews? That's what the apostle Paul asked. No, he's even God of the Gentiles. He's the God of all people. And Jesus then was not the Messiah just of the Jews. He was the Messiah of all people. So he is your Messiah. He's the Messiah of the man that lives in the Africa bush. He, the guy that lives in the bushes in the Amazon, uh, he, he's, the, he, he's the Messiah of all people. And when he sat at the right hand of the Father in victory, that victory is for all people. So we can declare that victory, and the person who believes it will be born from that victory. So just for, uh, in case you might think I use uh, universalism slogans or language or anything like that, you know, um, I just wanted to just settle that. Um, if you're watching this, maybe you're watching this for the first time. Right, so uh, um, becoming strong in the mighty deed and the strength of his mighty deed. What does that mean? The mighty deed was to take a man, die away all his sin, and take that man and raise him up into immortal human flesh and sit him in the Trinity. That is the mighty deed. Now, if I must become strong in the Lord and in the mighty deed of his strength, How will I do that? The very same way as I am uh, lying on my bed, I will close my eyes and I would see and I would just say, Holy Spirit, give me a vision. Show me this union between the man, Jesus and the Father and how they are one in the spirit. And many times I will will have a vision. Sometimes I will not. I will just meditate and think upon it and just imagine it for myself. And as I see that, I can see the Father and the Son in absolute friendship, both radiant with holiness, radiant with righteousness. And as I see that, and uh, what the Holy Spirit normally does with me is, um, I see it from the outside and then I see it through the eyes of Jesus, as Jesus beholds the Father. For I am in Christ. And that truth of my union with Him, the spirit of true perfection, the spirit that what the Father thinks is my thought. What the Father feels is my feeling. What the Father wants becomes my will, um, as it is in Jesus and the Father. And I just meditate and think upon that until gratitude comes to my heart, you know, and I just start to say, Father, this is so beautiful. Thank you for giving me this place. And um, in that way, I find that my spirit and my mind and my emotions are strengthened by the Lord and the power of His might. Now, that might have sound you know like an insignificant verse just reading, you know, you know be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Um, Put on the whole armor of God that He may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So now we can see at the word we looked at there, the word wiles, um, which actually means... To, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, basically, a, a concept or a way of thinking. Let's let's quickly have a look at it again. Here it is. Um, it says, "Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, cunning arts, deceit, craft, trickery." Also, the word method. It's the Greek word methodia, so that we can stand against the method or the system that Satan uses. You can also see that it's a combination of two Greek words. I'm going to show you this one. This one's the word meta. In Afrikaans, uh, the the word met, M-E-T, is the word we use for together, together with. So here we see with, after, or behind. Together with. So it's to be together with. And then um, the other word there. Here it is, it means journey or travel. So, what it actually says there is um, take the whole armor of God on you so that you will not go on a journey with a devil. Now, the word devil, there, uh, diablos, we can also quickly have a look at that. Um, the word devil. Uh, I think I saw it in the Strong's. Here he is Satan. A false false accuser. The devil. Um, a slanderer. So, uh, it, w- what he comes is he will falsely accuse. He will uh, slander you. That is what it basically means. We can also just have a look at this. I haven't checked it out. We can just see here. Um, through throwing. Basically, you know, it, it is... It's a, it's a traduce, the word I think, that will accuse false ac- accusation. That is the one, or the accuser of the brethren. That is who he is called. So, what he say, says is, take the whole armor of God on you so that you will not go on a journey with false accusation. That is what it means. So, when we strengthen ourselves in the Lord, what do we do? We start to walk in the truth of who we really are in Christ we start to walk in God's view about us and as we start to see how God serves us how he washes our feet you know the bible says there's no need to wash our hands anymore for Jesus works completely away it's only your feet that needs to be washed the feet because we walk in this world and the walk in this world wants to get the dust of this world onto us which is this legalistic law system where your identity is found, found in what you drive, where you stay, how big your church is, how many people follow you, and all those kind of things. So we need that washing. So that washing comes by the servant, Jesus Christ, that will pour clean water on your feet and wash you and serve your walk with his word. So when we close our eyes and we hear that word spoken over us, we find that we are strengthened in the inner man and then we will not go. And as we put on the whole armor of God, and I'm going to explain to you that the simple meditation that that I've just explained to you is actually how we put on the whole armor of God. We will look at that next Sunday. But as we put this on on ourselves, um, we find that we will not go on a journey with false accusation. You know, uh, Satan's plan is not just to quickly kill you. He, is, he wants, to, and, and the way he's done it with Adam is, it's a journey. Uh, you know, if Satan just comes in front of you and say, well, start to worship me and, um, you know, start to slaughter a cat and drink his blood. I mean, what Christian in his right mind is just going to start to do that? No. What he wants to do is he wants to falsely accuse you of something. And he wants to bring you under a false impression of who you are and why you are here on this planet. Why God made you. And when he brings that in, he can bring it in uh, in a very subtle way. First, he might even come in with praising you. You know, you know what? You are so wonderful. Um, I use this analogy with my, with my son. In the week, we went to an uh, engineering company to have, um, he went for uh, an interview um, for a, for a, a we call the bursary here or a sponsorship. Um, you know from this, this wonderful company. So i um, for university for next year. I, I hope he gets it <laughs> Anyway, he went there now when he went there. There were already other people that said um, It's amazing that he got an interview because normally school kids don't get an interview You have to first finish your first year at university before this company will even give you an interview it's, it's unheard of now if my son would take that for instance and say oh, you know, I am Uh, what I've achieved here by getting this interview that praise will become um, you know something from where he finds his identity if he believes if he says well I am you know if he takes that to heart if he takes what those people say you are special because of what you've achieved here if he takes that to heart you know what's going to be the next thing he's going to become achievement orientated and he's going to see where he does not uh, get that good mark, or where he does something wrong, and that's going to come to his mind, and then he will be on a journey with false accusation. Then the enemy will come and use the lie. Because, number one, it was a lie to say you are what you've achieved, um, you know, by maybe getting a, a sponsorship or getting an interview. That's a lie already. Should that lie be believed, the next thing that will come is false accusation okay well you've got a shortcoming here that's where he wants to end he wants to falsely accuse you why falsely because when you do something wrong he will say you see you're not righteous you see you're not blessed you see you're not as God wants you to be and falsely accuse you because he started with a false truth in the beginning saying that you are what you what you've accomplished you know so I can teach my child that and I can tell him my son you cannot take this to heart You cannot say that you are the blessed of God on account of this. And when he um, doesn't do good in one of his tests, he knows that. So he will not be on a journey with false accusation. So let us clothe ourselves completely, uh, you know, with the armor of God, so that we will not go on this journey with the devil. It says there, uh, for uh, Verse 12, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The word principalities uh, basically in the Greek means a basic principle or a principal thing or original thing. So we are actually um, warring against principalities. This principality is, like I said, basic principles. So the war that you are in, my friend, when we clothe ourselves with the armor of God, is to stand the purpose of the armor of God, which I will still explain next Sunday. The purpose of the armor of God is so that you will not fall into a certain principle. You you will not fall into a certain principle, that you will not fall into certain powers or authorities, you know, which uh, there's an authority that says, if you attain this, then it means this. You know, so he doesn't want you to fall into that and that we will stand against that because the enemy, the devil, wants to devour us by taking us on a lovely tour, you know, on a lovely journey of false accusation. And once you falsely accused and you've taken the false accusation, then you, you're under his power. Then he will come with the next thing and he will say, you know what, you um, uh, to, to, to to get this bad feeling away from you, do the following three or four good things. And then you'll start to do these good things and, and even, even use scripture. This false accusation, when you feel accused as a Christian, where will you run to for answers? You're going to run to the Bible. And how will you read the Bible? You will read the Bible to see how can I fulfill the... the uh, um, this accusation in other words how can i end this accusation how can i get myself to a place where i find life coming to me because i feel so accused i feel i'm so in in bondage here so um uh, uh, it, it it might be a spiritual journey for you through the bible but it's all about accusation it's all about who loves me who doesn't love me Let's use it very practical for web church. I'm just thinking of this example right now. Imagine you go and you say, my husband's ill, and you put it on our web page, and maybe you get 15 people that put a like there, and five people that say, I pray for you. And then you find someone else, say, my husband's ill, and they get 25 people, and 20 people writing something. What the enemy would want to do is bring you to this basic principle that says the more likes you have, the more you are loved in this church. That's what, that's what he will want you to do. And then wh- what will happen there is you will be hurt in your heart. And from there, you will start to look for faults in the, in the fellowship. That's what, what, what will happen. And then eventually, you might even leave and say, it's, It was not for me. Go to another place. And as long as what you still have that journey of false accusation, because the enemy falsely accused you and said, you know, you're not loved. You go to another fellowship, you'll find the very same thing happen there. And wherever you go, there you are. And so, a destruction comes to you. And what the enemy wants in the end of the day is to say, that, not, that you believe in your heart that not even God loves me. And get you to a point to reject Christ. Okay, so... Um, let us just go to the next verse there that I'm going to end off with, Ephesians 6:13. Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God that may be able to stand against uh, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. The word evil there means to be full of labour, full of annoyance. That's what the word evil there means. Those of you, um, let us just have a look at that. It will be nice to just show you that guy uh, that um, in verse 13. Here it is, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. There's the word evil, uh, fire, full of labors, annoyances, hardship, pressed and harassed by labors, bringing toils. So in other words, it says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, to stand against or to oppose or to resist in the day, in the Day where you are presented with labors, when you are oppressed and harassed by labors or works. That is what it is saying there. Very clear. It says, And having done all to stand. You know, um, that uh, that would stand also means to withstand. So we need to withstand the system that, uh, uh, we need to withstand the evil of the evil day. So, the evil day is the day where you are harassed with labors and annoyances. Where, um, where the enemy would come in and want to take you on a journey by harassing you with labors. Finding your definition in labors. And that is the very same word that is used in the Septuagint, which is the, the Greek Old Testament, where the Bible talks about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that would evil there would be the the tree of the knowledge of all the good and then making those good labors harassing you with labor working the good working the good principle that we when the evil day comes because the evil day will come to each any one of us and the evil day is the day where you are presented with having your identity based on what you do be it good or bad First of all, especially in a Christian's life, you will take the good. look how many people you are reaching if I, if I take my I, I use these examples because this is what is cognitively in my mind you know um, that I guard against. I'm not going to say you know we are a good church because we have so many people. I'm not going to say we're an effective web church because we've got uh, forty people in cell groups or we have. Uh, 100 and something IP addresses uh, linked into our live stream, or we have 600 people that liked our page, or we have. I'm not going to say that. Um, I'm not even going to believe. I'm not even going to go there, because going there is where I will be tempted to go into labors, because now it is labor to have more people, and when you have more people, it means something, and I will be on a journey with false accusation. At the end of the day. I'll feel false accusation, guilt, condemnation will grab a hold of me, and once that grabs a hold of me, your life will be destroyed. Today, I had a lady in our church come to me and um, um, for some counsel, and <clears throat> she is in, uh, she was from a Jehovah's Witness fellowship, and she's young. I think she's 19, and uh, when she was 17, she smoked a cigarette, and they, she was. Uh, banned from the church because she smoked a cigarette and then she she had nowhere to go and that was the only church she knew and um, so once you put out your parents are still allowed to have something to do with you once they excommunicated you but what she then did she went to another church received Jesus you know uh, received the new birth then came to our Grace Fellowship you know and, and her boyfriend brought her to our Grace Fellowship and she, her life was completely changed and then she was, she's now seen in a category that not even a parent is allowed to speak to her. And now, uh, um, now what the enemy does is he comes and, and he wants to falsely accuse her. And this is what I had a counselor today. And what she said was, Look, this is what she said, look how I am hurting my parents. And when I heard that, there was just something wrong with that. You know? I said, No, 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 no. Your parents are hurting themselves. For the Lord through you are showing them the right way and they are now rejecting the way at this stage they might accept it in future but this is the pain of that they bring to themselves this is not this is this is a false accusation and this would bring depression to this lady it would bring it would bring hardship to her it would be very difficult for her she would carry that burden and say, well, I am bringing, I am causing all this pain. No, you are not causing that pain. He wants you to have that false accusation because now she will start to buy her mom flowers. She will do this. She will do that. And her mom will still not want anything to do with her. And it would be because of the fear of the church. It will be a continual pain th- th- that she's in. And that is the cycle that the enemy wants to use. I want to end off with this. Um, we, we need to differentiate between an emotion and a feeling. An emotion is something that normally rises up because of the here and now, and information that you take in right now. And um, what the enemy would want to do is he would want to bring in guilt and a false accusation based on an emotion that you have right now. Like for instance, this morning we were driving to church. And as, as we drove, another guy just drove in right in front of us. You know, I was laughing about it. And I said to my wife, I said, look at this. Now, this is a Sunday. There's not many cars on the road. So I think the one guy allowed his friend to drive his car and he doesn't have a license. And one could just see the guy's very nervous and doesn't know where to look. And then he looked in the mirror. He saw my car there, went to the side of the road, then saw somebody on the side of the road, swerved back in front of us, all this on the way to church. Now, the emotion I would have right there say that, caused anger in me what the enemy would want to do is he would try and take that emotion and say ah you see how evil you are but emotions are something that is temporal that is just now but a feeling is something completely different a feeling is is what you would have in your heart when you are um, in a financial stress you would you would have the emotion of oh I don't know how I'm going to pay this but deep in your heart there's a feeling that you don't know how, but it always works out somehow. And that is the voice of God. So God works in us to will and to do. So what we do when we listen to the gospel, when we hear His word, when we, we don't try to renew our mind, when we receive His mind as the only mind, that is the renewal of the mind. When we receive that and He washes us, We find that His feelings start to work in our heart and that feeling will become more and more powerful and eventually you will find that the Lord God will even line up your emotions with your feelings, you know, by His resurrection power. So, if you have a feeling, if you have an emotion that I feel depressed today, I feel bad today, don't let that run away with you. I promise you in the depth of your heart as you listen to this message of grace and allow His truth to be the only truth about your life, my friend, you'll have an underlying feeling that says it will all be okay. I am loved. I'm cared for. And we, as, as, as we do that, we start to, and know that, we start to live from that. So I don't, I'm not trying to say train yourself to live by your um, feeling and not your emotion. What I'm saying to you is that what the Lord will do as you listen to this is you will start to know that this feeling of you are righteous, this feeling of you are holy, this feeling of of God is good, which God gives to every person. You know, this is why the world, and I I need to end off, but this is why the world has, you know, when they hear a message of accusation, they say, I know, I I don't agree with that. I'm not going to be accused by the church. Why? Because there is an underlying feeling that the Holy Spirit brings to every man that you are loved, that you are accepted in Christ, that your sins are forgiven. And then when we can respond to that and say, I want to know more, I want to hear this, then God brings the gospel to us through a preacher or through television or through an appearing of Christ, doesn't matter how, and then we can believe the gospel and so be saved. So know that the Lord is with you. And he will give you a strong feeling of acceptance in Jesus' name. Well, let us just pray together. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you for this wonderful service that we could have had today. Thank you for every person that has slotted in. I pray for every person here. I thank you, Lord, that their spiritual war will be a rest on their bed. Thank you for that, Father. I thank you for victory in each one of their lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father, that... Each one of them will use boldness to contact one of the web pastors should they do that and should they be in need of that. Thank you, Father, that, um, that, that you just raise these people up all over the world uh, powerfully. Uh, Lord, you know we're not trying to build a ministry here. We just want to shepherd people, love people, and get them to know and understand your good news. And thank you, Lord, that this takes place in the lives of these people. Amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining in Web Church. Um, uh, please send us a report of what you think about our service, where we can maybe improve. Um, we would like to minister to you in a great way. Uh, join one of our uh, face-to-face meetings. Um, if anybody of you want to give towards Dynamic uh, Web Church, you can just go to the donate button on our page if you want to give towards us. Thank you so much for everybody that does contribute to, um, to our uh, church. God bless you. And know that you are deeply loved. Amen.